It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When we started making podcasts in New Orleans about 10 years ago now, we encountered a lot of skeptical questions. Among them, what happens when you run out of good guests in like six weeks? And what's a podcast? One of the questions we did not hear was, what happens if every bar and restaurant in the city shuts down? That sure would have been funny, but it's turning out to be no joke. So welcome to New Orleans Coronavirus Episode 3. This is the third show we've done here on Zoom. Happy Hour is still conversations with a random collection of folks who have nothing in common. But one thing we do all have in common today is the crew of the show and all of our guests are quarantined in our respective homes, all, I think, across the state as well as across the city. So welcome, everybody, to Happy Hour. Our crew is here. Jill Lafleur, our photographer. Asher Griffith, our director of Facebook director, but are you directing anything exactly? No, you're muted. Even no, no. Yeah, I'm Thomas not Thomas Walsh, our technical director is here. C-Rock, our social media connector is here. Graham DePonte, the producer who puts this whole thing together is here. And our special guests include Blake Haney. Blake, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, you know, figuring out the new normal. Um, had a pretty good sort of weird early summer vacation in the past two weeks. And then uh, I think everything sort of hit me reality-wise yesterday that it was the end of the month and everybody was paying rent tomorrow. And it started really sinking in as to how crappy <laughs> current situation is. <laughs> it, two weeks, I was just busy, just being busy. And then yesterday, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> so people who don't know you probably don't realize that you're the owner of Dirty South. Which Dirty Coast. Dirty Coast. What is Dirty South? Uh, that was actually one of the, how the name came about. It was East Coast, West Coast, Dirty South. Dirty South is like a Atlanta rap reference from the like uh, early two thousands. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. So Dirty Coast is the name of the company. So now we have to start the whole show over again and do a proper introduction. So Dirty Coast has like five, you have five outlets now. Um, well, yes, yeah, three. The website three stores and then the uh, airport when the airport's open. <laughs> right. So everything's closed down, I assume. Yeah. We closed the two, week, two weeks ago. And we've just been working with the website and then shifting all of our employees, keeping all our employees employed for the next month or so. And we've been moving everybody over to doing other projects. And so we've, we're developing a new brand. That's more of a national brand that some people are working on. We're developing a pet, pet line that another person's working on. We have a community resources page that we have one of our staff members doing research for. And I'm just trying to get everybody as busy as possible. And then we have our shipping staff who are just actively shipping out products that we're releasing uh, every week. Well, that sounds like you're still working pretty hard. Yeah. Well, I, I have um, Dirty Coast, trying to keep Dirty Coast busy, trying to figure out how to get money from SBA to cover rent and staff so they can stay employed while we're closed which is not fun, but figuring that out. And then uh, I have two other companies that we run. Bayou Brands is one where we do product development and websites, e-commerce for other companies. And so we're doing that as well because everyone's basically realizing their stores are closed, so they need to get online. And then locally.com is a startup that myself and Mike Massey with Massey's Outfitters developed with our partner, Ben, in 2013. And that is a international 
software company that works with retailers and brands, specifically trying to help brick and mortar retailers get discovered online. So like that's kind of exploding right now because all those retailers are closed. And so they're trying to figure out how do I do curbside delivery? How do I do online sales? How do I? And so all these major brands are working with us to help get everyone who sells Patagonia to figure out how to get online and start allowing people to shop. And so that, that company's just crazy right now. That's um, very interesting because I thought locally.com, which is a great idea, just to explain what it is. It, it's, if you're looking for a, a, like a brand name, like a, something by Patagonia, locally will direct you to, or locally.com will direct you to the local store where you can go buy it here. Is that correct? Yeah. So we, we started that company uh, with just the general idea of let's take the inventory in a brick and mortar store. It's from its image, it's point of sale and pull it into our site and then merge it with the product catalog for like Brooks running or North face or whoever, and then figure out how to publish that content to wherever the shopper is. So we, it's on locally.com, but really the way, the way people find stuff is like, if you go to Patagonia's website and you go to their store finder, that's powered by us. And so not only can you see who carries Patagonia in Chicago, but you might be able to see if that retailer is on our platform, not only that they carry Patagonia, but what do they carry? What's actually in stock in their store? And then if you want, you can put those products on hold in the store for pickup. But now you can do curbside pickup, local delivery through Postmates. And so we've been ramping up all those tools for the past few years. So I thought this would not be working at all because all these stores are closed, but it's actually working double time because all these stores are trying to figure out how to sell online. Now, so it's sort of gone the other direction. Yeah, if you think about it, it's like a distributed network of warehouses. So Amazon's got these massive warehouses and all this inventory that Amazon owns or manages for all these other retailers. We're sort of the substrate software that's connecting all these retailers and brands together. And so we have something like 8,500 retailers on our platform. And so we have all their inventory being synced with our system. And so we can now show you that that run shop in Chicago has those Brooks running shoes. And they may not be open right now, but if you want, you can go to their website and purchase the shoes. And then maybe they'll do delivery to you via Postmates or some other service. Wow. So at least they're able to move some of their inventory while they're closed. So are you making a shitload of money out of all this? Uh, locally is doing well enough to sustain our team, but it's, you know, it's always the type of thing where like we get more brands, we get more interest. We need to hire more people. But so every time someone buys a Patagonia t-shirt or something, do you get paid for that? If they buy it through our platform, we get a small percentage. Right. Of, of That's pretty damn cool then. Yeah. All right. This is how Jeff Bezos started out, isn't it? Uh, I wouldn't say we're in any way the trajectory of Jeff Bezos. I think none of us have that ego of wanting to eat the world, but um, be the richest guy in we, the world. Well, anyway, yeah. be that as it may, Linda Midget is here as well. Linda, hey, how's it going? I'm doing fine. Thanks. Wait till you, Blake, wait till you hear what Linda, Linda Midget created. <laughs> One of the greatest things on television of all time ever. That's exciting to hear. Thank you. Don't you think it uh, is? And I'm yeah. talking about the show Storm Stories on the Weather Channel. Ah, yeah. What show did you think I was going to say? Uh, I thought you were going to dig up something from a recent decade. But yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Storm Storm Stories is, is iconic. Actually, it's back on the air now. So, yeah. So you actually created that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did the pilot episode and um, ended up being the showrunner for that series. Um, I used to work for a company in Chicago called Towers Productions that was hired by the Weather Channel. So, yeah. So I can you, when was that? Oh, boy, that was the early 2000s, like maybe 2001, something like 2001, 2002 was when that was developed. So what was the conversation that led up to that? Was that people sitting around saying, let's put a show on TV about the worst disasters, weather disasters ever? Well, I mean, the Weather Channel, we started doing a series for them called Atmospheres. Uh, Before this, they were only, you know, they only did their weather forecasts. So um, they didn't have any long form programming at all. So the very first thing that we developed for them was called Atmospheres sort of a magazine style show where they had short segments and they wanted to venture into a longer form programming which was a big move at that point and so uh, up to that point people turned on the weather channel to see what the weather was yeah that was it yeah that okay. was it yeah so this was a revolutionary idea you had here well, I didn't have it. I mean, I can't take credit for having that they are the ones who wanted to do that so that was a team approach um, but I, I had produced a, I was a supervising producer for Atmospheres and I had produced a um, two-part story um, and it did really well ratings-wise. And so that story kind of became the basis for Storm Stories, which ended up being a half-hour, you know, weekly series that they did. Is Jim Cantore involved with that? He was. Yeah, Jim, Jim did the voiceovers for it. Okay, so did you know him very well? Uh, I wouldn't say I knew him very well, but I've been to, we were, we went to Hawaii together and okay, that's I, pretty uh, good. various things with him. My producers all worked with him. So, yeah. And is he crazy actually or what? He's actually a really nice guy. He was really fun to hang out with. We had a very good time with him. So, so the whole I'm standing at the beach and it's a hundred mile an hour wind and I'm going to be blown over. That's a whole persona that he's got this. You know, I, he's danger man. So I don't know. He's been doing this so long that I just think that's who he is. I mean, that's you know, I mean, this was twenty years ago that he was doing this. I Jim, I, it's kind of hard to separate him from from the from, crazy stuff that he does. Right. You right. Know? Very interesting though. Okay, so are they still making that show? Well, yeah, we, we went off the air, gosh, I mean, somewhere like 2005, 2006. And then they resurrected it last year, I think it was. They brought the series back. And I was not involved with that in any way. So what are you doing now? So I, um, I'm a documentary filmmaker now. And I have a film out called Same God. That's the most amazing thing that I thought you were referring to that is a um, cool looking film i haven't seen that though <laughs> well, i hope that you go see it I, well i hope so too where would i see it it is on um it is on apple tv right now which is itunes i don't know why they rebranded it that, like that but it's apple tv and amazon you can purchase it there and we are still waiting to see if we get picked up by a streaming service at some point so Lena, let me take a guess is it about how religions like uh, Judaism and Christianity and uh, Islamic pr- uh, practices all follow the same God, but have different pursuits and have uh, beef between each other over millennia? Well, it no. is 
the, the <laughs> title would imply that um, there is a portion of the documentary that gets into the idea of the Abrahamic religions that you just outlined. Um, but actually, it is a documentary about a woman who uh, was a, she's a Christian. She taught at a very well-known Christian college outside of Chicago called Wheaton College. And um, about four years ago, when the rhetoric against Muslims was taking a sharp turn, she wore a hijab in solidarity with them. And she quoted Pope Francis, who a week earlier had said that Muslims and Christians worship the same God, meaning that they are Abrahamic religions along with Judaism. And basically all hell broke loose when she said that. So she lost her tenured position at the very prominent college. For saying that, um, it was a really huge, really global controversy. And so I started filming with her sort of in the middle of that controversy. And then I followed her for about two and a half years and looked at the impact that this had on her life. So the film really is, um, you know, there's some theology in it, but it's really why it's more of an exploration of why that was such a controversial statement and why people- Was it the that. statement that was controversial or what she was wearing was controversial? You know, well, that's a good question. I, I think that um, the statement sets people off, um, but the image of her, she's African-American, so the image of a black woman in a hijab, I think subconsciously is a very powerful image that triggered a lot of people. But rather than addressing that, I think they focused on the words that she said. So Same God is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek title for the film. A lot of people assume that I'm making a statement that it's the same God, um, but really, um, really like it's an evangelical school. This is actually Billy Graham's alma mater. Um, this it's is where she's te she teaches at an evangelical she did. school. Yeah, she it? doesn't now, she, she lost her job, but it actually also happens to be my alma mater. This so, Wheaton um, College you're talking Wheaton about? College, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yes. that. It's like a Christian school. It is, yes. And what made so you it's go? It's an evangelical college. And so what? the same God title is really a question of do evangelicals worship the same God? Why did you go to an evangelical college? I was raised in a very devout evangelical home. Where was that? So, uh, on the coast of North Carolina. And where do you live now? I live in Baton Rouge now. So not much of a change, really. <laughs> well, you know, the men all drive trucks. <laughs> um, all of my neighbors have guns. So no, it's not that different from North Carolina. <laughs> what made you move to Baton Rouge? <laughs> There's more place? drinking, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, what made you move to Baton Rouge? Uh, my husband. My husband, I married a Louisiana guy. So um, he works at LSU. Okay. He took a job down here. Wow. Yeah. So... That's, I want to, but there's a lot of questions around that. But first of all, Rodo, we haven't even said hello to you at all. How are you? Hey, how's it going? It's good to see you actually again. It's good. It's almost been a, it's been about a year, maybe a year, some change since I've, since I've last it's been, been that on. long. You know yeah. what's going on? Have you, are you watching what's happening? And this is, we're all on Zoom. If you listen to this a podcast, you, you're missing out on, on Asher smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I see it. You know, we were, we, we had our mics muted here. We, we were like, man, we all should have also, you know, because are you, are you yeah. guys cigarette smokers as well? 
Uh, no, but it's four twenty a month this month, so you know we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've never seen anyone smoking a cigarette on happy hour ever. Yeah, are you indoors too, Asher? Are you smoking indoors? Because I thought people stopped doing that in like nineteen eighty seven, dude. No, I'm out. I'm out on the. I'm out on the patio. Oh, okay. But he's right. in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. In the chicken coop. I'm, anyway, I'm right, Rado. I'm yeah. right next so, to the chicken chicken coop. So, Rado, how are you doing? Last time we talked to you, we were we were talking about um, crystals. And I see you're still wearing that giant crystal around I still, you. Uh, yeah, I still have the giant crystal. Also, I told Stacey, if I ever went back on this show, I would correct myself from the last time. So last time, I think I said it was a rose quartz. It was really a, a I'm sorry, I said it was an amethyst. It's actually a rose quartz. So, yeah, amethyst okay. or purple. So I had it wrong last time. So I had to, I told her if I ever came back on the show, I would get it right. You would correct yourself. So yeah. you've been wearing it this whole time. It's a this rose quartz. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it protecting you from the coronavirus? Uh, you know, I think it, I think it, it stops at the meta, according to Stacy, it stops at the metaphysical apparently. So we'll, we'll see, you know, I've been out here washing my hands as much as I can. My hands hurt from washing them so much, to be honest. I have disinfectant in my car. Um, I can't shake my friend's hands without sanitizing first. You know, we've been well, doing you're not a lot allowed of, to shake anybody's fist, hand, even your we're, friends. We're not even fist bumping, you know, that's yeah. what, that's what we've been doing. Elbows. Been elbows. elbows and fist bumps is, that's about it. I don't think you're allowed to do fist bumps, are you, Blake, even? Elbows. Just a, oh, okay. Well, hey. yeah, no, I've heard elbows are supposed to be a no no too. Blake, what's your take on that? Uh oh. I think we lost him. Blake's disappeared. Now we have his name only. He's gone. He's trying to unmute himself. Monique Pyle, our music producer, is here too. Hi, Monique. Hey. Blake, are you back? No, we can't hear. I think you're muted. You have to unmute. Okay, let me, uh, I'll unmute him. Let's oh, see. You can unmute, unmute him. him. Okay. Now we've got there, Blake. Yeah, I had to move closer to my Wi-Fi. Oh, that's what it is. So, Blake, what are you doing with the fist bumping versus elbow touching deal? Uh, uh, I do. I do a lot of this, or you know, a lot of pointing. Or, <laughs> Looking at you. Uh, are you do, leaving the, the house I, at all? I do the, I do the squirt. I do the hand sanitizer, sanitizer squirt. Heels and heels. Are you leaving the house, Blake, at all? Um. My uh, neighbors across the street we're good friends with have a, a pool, and so I've used that a few times. Um, I have, uh, I've gotten gas. I have, uh, I've gone to the grocery store and bobbed and weaved around people and eyeballed who I thought looked like they uh, were paying close attention to how they were living and eyeballed people who could not give a shit and stayed away from those people. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to live as much of a normal life as I can, but I'm definitely very aware of um, social distancing. Linda, what's it like in Baton Rouge then? It's about the same. I mean, it's um, we're pretty locked down at our house for sure. Um, How many people I've, are in I've there? I've got kids, so they're here. So we're 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 homeschooling. Um, How old are your kids? Fourteen and ten. So. <laughs> Really, it just means that I have no idea what's happening with their school. We just all just go to computers all day and then we talk at night. So, <laughs> so you're not having to actually supervise and do any teaching. No, they're like, old enough. They thank thank goodness. Like I really feel for people that have little guys, like really really little guys at home, because that's got to be brutal. You know, yeah. my my kids are very self sufficient, and we just well, kind of set the rules, and they're fine. Like, how old's your kid? He's seven. Seven, so that requires a bit of supervision daily. Oh yeah, it's uh, added a lot of complexity to the daily routine. <laughs> right, 
And Roto, where, where are you hold up at? Um, I'm still here in New Orleans. But where are you now? Like, are you in like a studio there or what? Yeah, dance Yeah, we're here in, uh, in DB Productions, NOLA. Okay, so you're allowed to get out of the house then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, to be honest, I have like a list of places that I've only been since this has all started. And Dan's pretty quarantined in here. So this is like outside of my house is the only other place that I've allowed myself to go. Other than like, you know, going to the grocery store, gas station. Um, but if I'm not here making music, then I'm stuck at home. Does anybody know anyone who's actually got this virus yet? Here? Oh, I actually, uh, so I'm originally from Mississippi. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had their first death. And that guy was actually my barber when I was a kid. Wow, that's yeah. pretty close. But he, was, uh, he wasn't in the, in the age that they say it affects the most. But he did have, he already, he was sick with something uh, newphomic already. And so he was already compromised, essentially. Right. Yeah. I, actually, I think I had it last week. I mean, I never got tested, but I had the fever and the sneezing and the cough. Yeah, and at the very beginning of, of Mardi Gras, I was also relatively sick. I think yeah. Sergio was as well. And yeah, so to be honest, I think I may have had it and already gone through it at this point. Okay. And Linda, you think you had it as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And my so. daughter got it. My 10-year-old daughter, she had a fever as well. So but hers was very mild. Mine was was mild comparatively speaking. So these aren't counted in the statistics, I guess. Mm -mm. No, it's too hard to get tested. I mean, I, I called their urgent care, but honestly, it just was too hard to get tested. And since I'm not, I'm I'm very healthy, so I just figured, well, if I get really sick, I'll go to the okay, hospital. So you know, does that mean you can go out? anywhere now then you're not going to get it again i don't know i don't I, don't, I have no idea when you stop being contagious i mean i hold up in our guest bedroom for a long time to try and protect my family but i don't know like how long do you you know i don't i don't know how long you're supposed to stay well, by yourself according according to we... the sound guy you're only contagious for 36 hours after, oh, after, really? the, fever, after the fever okay c-rock will know c-rock knows everything about this sort of thing do you know c-rock What's the question? <laughs> now, if you've had this virus already, are you immune now from getting it again? Can you now go out and do whatever the hell you want? Could you go and actually work at Whole Foods, for example? Like chicken pox kind of thing? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah, that's what we don't know. I mean, I don't know whether you'd be able to find the answer to that, Sierra. Anyway, Rod, you'll, be immune. you'll be immune for some time, at least, it says. It varies from case to case. In some really bad cases, people have to get dialysis. Um, in some cases, uh, people, their blood gets really rich in iron and it becomes really dark and, and, uh, and viscous. Um, other people have permanent joint problems, kind of like uh, after effects of Zika. Uh, it's very fickle and it's very different from case to case. Sergio, this is you talking, right? Yes. So you're, you're a guitar player in a band? Yeah. Okay, so how do you know all this? Oh, I I have family in the medical field. His fiance is also a nurse. <laughs> okay, you sound like you know a lot more about it than anybody I've heard on the news, even. Yes, I've never heard anyone use the word viscous. Where are you from, Sergio? Are you are you like a from New Orleans as well? I'm from Puerto Rico, born and raised. Puerto Rico. Okay. Did you move here to New Orleans, or did you? I moved here in 2006 to go to Loyola. Go uh, back. Yeah, I've known Roto for over 11, 12 years now. Mm -hmm. um, I left in 2011 and came back in 2017. 
Where'd you go? I went back home to Puerto Rico and play music and do gigs. Okay. Hey, talking to music, you guys want to play some music? Yeah, we got a song ready for you. Yeah, come on, let's do it. This is uh, it's one of one of the ballads that we named it last time. We we started a, a new genre of music last time we were on this show. You invented a new genre of music last time you were on Happy Hour? You named it. You named it. You, you called it hip-hop ballads is what you called it. Hip-hop ballads. I did, really? Okay. Yeah. You even put it in the synopsis of the last of the, sh okay. of the show last time I was here. All right. But do we get 10% every time you play a hip-hop ballad? <laughs> Why not? Why not? It'll go back to, to the podcast and maybe you guys will have me a couple more times. Sure. Okay. What are you going to play? The song is called Up to Something. And it's produced by, uh, by myself and Sergio. Truck and everybody get the run. If I keep one day, no, I keep the day, honey. Police make the block so they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Know we up to some. Ooh, yeah, they know we up to something. Peace, love, and I'm stay. My mama say I should pray a day in search of a better way. Born fly, so I levitate, just doing me. Speak this G stuff fluently. When I say I keep a bad thing, I'm in like two or three. Who will wait? The homies that you ask for. Yeah, we born with enough and still ask for more. Cause I collect 200 eight time I pass go. We'll be writing hits even if we fast forward to the next life. Make me wanna know what them checks like. Mid time she lick her lips, she got me wondering what the. If this nice thing right, you know, right out there every night, keep them rhymes tight. And you know I'm sunbathing in the limelight. I pop my truck and everybody get the run. If I keep one thing, no, I keep that thing, honey. Always make the block so they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Yeah, they know we up to some. Know we up to some. Shorties made the block so they know we have the sun. Yeah, they know we have the sun. Yeah, they know we have the sun. Yeah, they know we have the sun. Know we have the sun. Yeah, they know we have the sun. Look, nine times out of ten, probably good for a name. Think you know I be the man. Seven days straight, six figure lifestyle, big boy place, no lobster steak. Five star dates, and I keep a bad thing. I got like four to give away. Need three stacks, make a play like Aj. No, I ate it once, came back like Anelay, and they try to turn on me, but this thing a one way. I'm a savage, I'm a savage, but it work on Sunday. And if they tripping on me, then they sending out the country. Where your map at? 
Getting into something with a cash at cream. Get the money, dollar bills, and the loose change. Like it's Wu-Tang. Y'all got these black rappers gassed up like it's Butane. And you know we up in something because it's how we do things. Nah, 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 pop my truck and everybody get the hood up. If I keep one thing, no, I keep this thing, honey. Police made the block so they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. No, we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. Nah, 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 pop my truck and everybody could do right. If I keep one thing, no, I keep this shit. Police made the block so they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. Yeah, they know we up to something. No, we up to something. Ooh, yeah, they know we up to something. All right. Very nice. Very nice. I can see why I came up with that term, hip hop ballad. That's what it is. That was awesome. Yeah. Hey, thank what, you guys. What else would you describe that, that as that genre if not hip hop ballad? You know, it's really hard. You know, you you're you're probably the only person that's helped me simplify it because it's really hard to put a name on kind of what it is because uh the music itself isn't your general hip hop. It is a little slower. Uh so a hip hop ballad was really a good way to put it. Okay. Because it's gonna get coined to hip hop because I'm rapping either way, no matter what the music sounds like. So yeah, yeah. So, so where we just, are we gonna hear this? Is this a new record coming out, right? It is. Uh, I'm still working on the album from last time. I've had a couple of hiccups in in real life, so I kind of slowed it down. But a note from the universe is still coming. I'm actually releasing a single uh, called "Dripping Gold" uh, this month. It'll be on all streaming platforms, uh, and we're actually gonna debut it uh, whenever we get another musical break. So. Uh, yeah, we decided to do something special and give you guys some some unheard new music that's going to be cool. coming up. So. so Dripped in Gold is the new single come, that's coming out. But yes. a note from the universe hasn't come out yet still. It hasn't come out yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because sometimes um, I'll have to step away from music and go back to, to work and do, you know, the corporate thing and make some money so I can actually put money into doing this. So uh, just timing and the way the world has been. But now that I have all the time, <laughs> all the time available... <laughs> Um, we're going to be pushing that out pretty soon in the next well, month. That's so. the upside of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that is the upside, is if you got a hobby, now's the time to really get into right. it. Right. So, Blake, the last time we had this sort of disastrous crisis like this, you were one of the leading lights of New Orleans who came forward and sort of were the vanguard of the resurgence. Remember that period? You have to unmute your microphone. There you go. All right. Uh, you talking about the first few years after Katrina? Yeah, you were the person who invented the slogan, be a New Orleanian wherever you are. Yes. Um, uh, we, uh, we, we had started working on Dirty Coast in 2004, and so we're, we're, we incorporated the company in 2005, right around the beginning of the summer, and we had been designing a bunch of products, and the original idea was it was just going to be uh, – T-shirts that someone who lo who loves New Orleans or is connected to New Orleans would want to wear versus the T-shirt shops in the quarter, uh, like our own version of like a threadless. And um, so we had some sh designs that were just funny, you know, like the Metairie is safe here or so far behind we're ahead and a few of these other ones. My favorite um, shirt ever is Unknown Potholes, the spin on Joy Division. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and... Uh, we and then Katrina happened, and so I was in Lafayette 
and I made those be an Erlenian stickers. And uh, when I finally was able to get back in town, I started putting them around in coffee shops and bars that were the only ones, the ones that were open and people were grabbing them and just grabbing them, mailing them out and everything. And, and that was when it really dawned on me, like, oh, maybe I really should be launching a place-based uh, brand. And so we finally like uh, pushed it live. And then it became not just poking fun, obviously in New Orleans, but also sort of um, a t-shirt as a billboard for identity and sort of making the designs insider enough so it's like a secret handshake and kind of uh, if, you know, if someone's wearing it in Ohio and someone sees them, they both know the secret or know right. something. And also, it if you don't understand the shirt, it kind of begs the question and gets you to talk about New Orleans or talk about Louisiana. And so something it about started that a whole, fun thing. That whole idea of yours and that sticker that be a New Orleanian wherever you are, that sticker that you made and you gave away for free. I don't know how many, how many of them did you end up giving away? Uh, we've definitely given away, I don't know exactly that sticker, but we've definitely given away probably around 2 million stickers in the past 15 years right something like that two million um, free stickers yeah. so that yeah that be a new alinean wherever you are became the sort of almost the sort of slogan of the resurgence of the the sort of new orleans pride of rebuilding this place so what i'm getting at here is what have you got in store for this time um we've We've put out a few designs the past two weeks, sort of doing, you know, poking fun at and some levity with this social distancing and alternative handshakes. And today we put a shirt out that's the, basically the thank you, the thank you bag design. But on the bottom, instead of saying, have a nice day, it says staying home. Um, and so we're trying to have levity with it. But uh, what we're doing now is we've been raising money through the website for the Gumbo Crew, which are a group in Metairie that are serving um, serving gumbo and food to medical workers. And then we're also working with Devin with the Red Beans Crew, uh, helping him with his project to collect money for. Um, it's kind of kind of brilliant. It's a triangular idea of you raise money to give to the local restaurants who need business. They make the food, which then is delivered. I think via musicians who are paid well for delivery. And the food is delivered to medical staff and first responders. Wow. And so it's a way to support restaurants, musicians, anyway, all the people that we want to continue to live here and continue to have a business. You know, continue so to have that's the kind of idea we're looking for. Yeah, it's really great. It's, uh, so Devin's doing that with who started Red Beans. Um, and then we're going to, we have a few other projects. We just relaunched Screens for Good, which is like us designing t shirts and products for nonprofits, and we split the profits with them. and so we just got that up again. And so um, I don't know. We're working on a bunch of different ideas. Okay. Um, All right. Hey, cool. So listen, what we said we would do on this show today as an experiment is a bit we're calling co-video, which is publishing the Zoom meeting link to the show on our It's New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page. And anyone who wants to join in the show can join in from wherever they are trapped in their house. So are you guys ready to try it? <laughs> sure. What do you say? Okay. Blake, right. while we're waiting, I got a quick question for you. What's your most popular seller of all time? Oh, um, I think it's either the NOLA X shirt that we made a few years ago. Uh, that was an offshoot of our original, that original Listen to Your City design. It's either that one 
or it is, um, it actually probably is either the free Sean Payton shirt we put out in 2012 that blew up or it's those t-shirts we made for the um, playoff game shitting on the refs last year. Those sold like <laughs> absurd amount of shirts. They're extremely timely and we were able to get it out and design it that evening and put it out the next morning. So Wow. Um, about excluding Saints stuff? Excluding Saints, I'd say um, uh, the this one, the River, the River Lake Uptown Downtown symbol shirt has been a pretty steady seller for years. And then the Louisiana Purchase shirt has sold pretty well. Uh, Souls Waterproof has sold very well over the years, especially in its different zip code permutations when we did fundraisers for flood victims in Baton Rouge and in uh, Texas. Um, so if you combine all together, that could be our best seller just because we sold a lot of shirts as fundraisers when those, when those floods happened. Okay. So C-Rock, did we, did we do it? Did we publish this? Zoom? Yeah, we're live in the event and on the live stream. Look, okay. We got well, our first, uh, our first caller. Uh, here was, here's Christopher Roth is, is here. I see Ryan is here. Ryan, were you on our show a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I was on uh, like the week before last. Yeah, that's right. First COVID. You were on the very first show that we did on Zoom that we didn't know what we're doing. We vaguely know a little bit more now. Yes, I mean, like, I mean, honestly, now, like, I think I, I'm starting to get the hang. And um, very interesting. I mean, it's very interesting being quarantined now as a whole, what it was. Um, so you still got that shitty I, um, when I was a kid. Very when hard was a kid, to hear had, you, uh, unfortunately. Can you hear me? It's pretty bad. Are you still are you still in the same place you were last time? Yeah, I'm. I'm still in the same place. Let me. Uh, let me go and get my. Um, All right. Oh, my freaking. So, uh, head, my earbud. All right. Very good. Hey, and Frank is here. Is this Frank Skerlock? Do you guys recognize Frank Skerlock? Is that him? Yes. I am here. Look at that. Frank, how the hell are you? I am awesome. How are you guys? Are you having a good apocalypse? Yeah, yeah, we're all good. We're good. Hey, um, Frank, how how are you doing? Are you back in town? You're back in New Orleans? Well, I've been in a submarine for about three years when the media buried me. And uh, I came up about four weeks ago. It's all good. You, been, I, you went underground. Uh, yep. Or underwater. Um, yep. That, that was it. When the media tide struck, um, there was nothing I could do. So I said, let's go sailing. And um, I ended up uh, landing at Disney World, of all places. On a boat? Uh, no, technically, I came in my own personal space shuttle. I think you've seen that before. Yes, I've seen you driving down the street in the space shuttle. Okay. So you've been at Disneyland for three years. Uh, that's well, I, I travel a lot, but uh, I live in a little town called Celebration in Florida, which is actually on the grounds of um, Disney. It's the closest they ever got to building Epcot. Okay, and they let you live there despite your background. Um, they didn't do the check yet. 
<laughs> All right. Okay. And Christopher Roth is here as well. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Grant. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. So you're, nice to get you're, out. you're out of the house today. On the porch. On the porch. Have you been leaving the house at all other than going further than the porch? Uh, Rachel and I get up in the morning and uh, we actually go walking. So we do about five or six miles in the morning um, and um, run for groceries every once in a while. And that's about it. So I was talking to friends in New Zealand who told me they're only allowed to go 100 meters from their house. Yikes. And that's the extent of the whole lockdown. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of people out at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. I would imagine there would not be. So, Chris, this is Linda Midget, who you're looking at over here. Hi, Linda. Linda. Hi, Chris. And Frank, you'd be interested to meet Linda as well, because Linda grew up and went to an evangelical college. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Amazing. Was it was it Liberty? Was it Liberty College? Was no. Was it Liberty University? <laughs> it's not Liberty. That's uh, the Falwells. College, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It's the one in that's, Virginia, that's right? That's really more of a fundamentalist college. It's so, called evangelical now, but ooh. it's fundamentalist. Well, so who was the who was the famous been. person who was related to that? Jerry Falwell. Um, Jerry Falwell was part of the religious right, and it's his son who runs it now. Okay, all right. So, what are you what are you doing now? What are you working on? Are you making another movie about anything? No, this is, um, you know, we just had our theatrical release for this about a month ago for St. Dad. Um, and so I've been knee deep in trying to figure out how to get the film out during the pandemic, which is a fun distribution time for your film. Well, in <laughs> a strange not... sense, though, it might work for you because everyone's stuck at home watching movies. They are, but you know, we just had to, we've had to sort of pivot midstream, you know, we, we had our theatrical release and oh, people see. were just starting to not go to the theaters because of uh, the virus. Um, so we're, we're now doing a lot of virtual screenings and trying to figure out how to do panel discussions about the film, you know, via Zoom, like we're doing right now for the podcast. So it's kind of a work in progress. But I can't start filming anything new because you can't go film anything. You can't really so, do anything. So yeah. this is a full, a feature length documentary. It is, yeah. About a woman who decided to wear a hijab. Now hijab is just the scarf and it's not the whole burqa. Right, right, it's just the headscarf. So yeah. all this woman did was wear a headscarf at an evangelical school and it just about got a, well, it got her fired. Yeah, it got a fire. She lost, she was tenured. She was the first, um, first African American tenured professor in the school's 156 year history uh 156 years at that time and did you do this school, did you do this as some sort of like an experiment to see what would happen no she did not think that um she did not think it would be that big of a deal she just she posted this on our personal facebook page um she actually had some students who had come up with this idea. So she was doing this to support them. She's a political science professor. And so, you know, she's very aware of everything going on in the news and the world, maybe more than most of us. Um, but what she, is the cultural appropriation view of that action? Yeah, you know, we've, she and I have talked a lot about that because we get asked that a lot by people. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a cultural appropriation when you end up being um, 
when you have consequences for it in a negative way. You know what I mean? But what if I was to dress up like a Hasidic rabbi? I think it would depend on what your motive is in doing it. Oh, just what? Well, just for the hell of it. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, gras, it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> or if I was, you know, I mean, spite Grant, you know, what's I don't know, that? The Halloween. <laughs> so why are you? I don't know. It? I just mean it, it's going to cause some sort of. <laughs> isn't that aren't people Grant, going to be up, are, you're already that a Jew people? though but, <laughs> well, but this is a person who's just all she's doing is wearing a scarf that's all she did well no but but to be to, to go into more depth her her idea is called embodied solidarity and it's interesting because actually listening to Blake and what he was describing with, um, you know, like this awesome idea of having restaurants who then hire the musicians to deliver the food and blah, blah, blah. That's actually the concept of embodied solidarity in action. Because it's basically instead of saying, oh, I feel so bad for the restaurants, it's saying, okay, we're going to do something about it in a physical embodied way. And so her wearing the scarf was not, um, it was not a stunt, it wasn't a gimmick. It was a way for her to say to Muslim women specifically, and there was a lot of rising violence against Muslim women. It was a way for her to say, hey, I'm sort of stepping into your situation with you. Hmm. How did you know she was gonna have all this controversy around her? Did you start following her before she did it? No, no, I started following it in the middle of it. Yeah, so this, it started in December 2015. Um, it was all over the news. It was, you know, covered by the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, everybody. And I started filming with her in January, which was right in the middle of it. Okay, cool. And then I filmed with her for a couple of years. And the film's got some pretty good reactions. It's got some great reviews, I see. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, it's gotten very good reviews. So yeah. it's... It's not like a lighthearted film, but it's very inspiring and thought-provoking. Does it have a happy ending? Does, do they get married at the end or anything? No, um, I think the happy ending is just that she, um, she has no regrets for what she did. She suffered tremendously because of it, but she's a really inspiring figure because she has never backed down. Um, and I think it's kind of unusual to see that kind of integrity these days, so people walk away from the film and I think feel very inspired and encouraged. They feel like, hey, I'd like to be like her in whatever area of my life that may look like. Well, that's you know? inspiring. Have you seen Tiger King? I have seen Tiger King. Is it anything like that? It is nothing like Tiger King. That seems to be very popular. <laughs> it is very popular. That thing. And here's, here's Wilma. Let's be honest. Wilma, where are you calling from? Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, right outside of New Orleans. Outside of New Orleans. So you have, you have letters after your name. Are you, are these degrees CCR? Yes. And RPR. Right. Okay. Anyone want to guess what they stand for? Blake, any idea? <laughs> no. Melinda? Credence Clearwater Revival. Credence Clearwater Revival. Credence Clearwater Revival. Okay. Roto, where are you? there can you see can you see wilma roto yeah yeah i can see it uh ccr i, uh, I, don't, I have no clue what that would be <laughs> and rpr an rpr no idea somebody's uh, we're all drawing estate. blanks over here i'm i'm guessing real estate 
No. What is it? Certified court reporter and registered professional reporter. Ah. You're a court reporter. Yeah, freelance court reporter who is not working. <laughs> so you're not doing anything? Of course. No. Do, you, yeah. do you ever feel like just writing down what people are saying? <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, does, how does that work, actually? So it's I mean, machine shorthand. And it's pretty much phonetics. Okay. Yeah. So these days, why don't they just have voice to text recording? Because um, it's that it's not that accurate, and there are so many voices out there, okay, different well, voices every day. So what's going to happen to you? So I've just uh, applied for unemployment. Right. And who who employs you? The city or the court system or what? No, I'm self-employed, and so um, you're a contractor. I work on commission or pretty much I work for myself and I get paid by the page. And Do if you? I, you know, I don't work, I don't make any money. How much does it cost to have you write down a page of what I say? Uh, it's usually about $5 a page. Five bucks a page, is that yeah. it? And we kind of like stretch everything out. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't a whole lot on each page. I see. Yeah. So it's not like a, writing a, like a book, a novel, it's not, a, I guess it depends on the uh, size of the pages and okay. how it's formatted. So what are you hearing is going on? Does anyone say when the court cases, what happens to people who are waiting for a trial? Everything's been continued. So if I'm, if I'm being remanded in custody waiting for my trial, I'm just in jail now until this is over. I just right. have a motion to, uh, I've got a client, I've got, four clients in jail, but only one of them is really eligible for some kind of relief on his bond. Everybody else is a violent offender, but this guy's not. He's got about 11 charges, but none of them is a crime of violence. So I just today filed a motion to let him out for free. Yeah. This is the voice of Graham DePonte you're listening to, who's the producer okay. of our show. And when she's not doing that, represents okay. people. So, so they're doing some of that stuff via Zoom. Section F, oh, in, in criminal district court in New Orleans, I know section F and I think section E are both um, active. The other, the other sections really aren't. Yeah, I think everybody's pretty much closed down. Mm -hmm. So I've got a question. I just got a notification for jury duty. No so way. So what happens? When's it, when is it, what month? Uh, the date is this month, actually, the 18th of April, I believe was the date on it. How can that be possible? Where, where does it say you have to report to? Well, um, it, the, the notification's upstairs. So I just went online and filled out the, the, the juror form, but then I'm supposed to get a not notification on when I'm supposed to report. Is it criminal court or civil? Uh, I believe it's criminal. Mm, I don't think you have to worry about that. Right. All that's been canceled. My husband was in, uh, had jury duty when this happened. And then the sec second week was when they called it all off. So he went the first day and then they said that he fulfilled everything. So it was done. Well, Chris, you're out, you're out of luck. It's great. Good news. <laughs> One good thing to come out of the pandemic. Hey, Rhoda, you guys want to play another song or what? Yeah, we're down to play another song. Sorry, this is the Happy Hour podcast, so we're just trying to get what our drinks. What have you got? What are you drinking? Right 
have, I have gin, gin and juice is my drink of drink of choice. Gin and, and juice. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, what's this song? This song is called Dripped in Gold. This is the one that's going to come out this month. Uh, okay. There's a, there was also a video shot to this. Um, video was done by Lonzo Clark. Uh, we were also supposed to go on the Dripped in Gold tour. Today would have been the day that we actually got back from the tour. But of course, hmm. everything got canceled the day the world ended. Yeah. And so um, we're, we'll, we'll do it. We've been doing live streams and stuff uh, to kind of make up for that. But yeah, this one's, this one's called Dripped in Gold. I'm going to move this a little closer to me. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get started. place for the Kobe steaks, y'all more silver ain't worth the wait, what else y'all expect me to say, but look, I ain't sorry I was born this way, I ain't perfect, I'ma make a few mistakes, say some things that I probably shouldn't say, but in the end it'll all be okay, cause look, I got gold standards when I set goals, trying to get a Grammy and a Golden Globe, my crib might come with gold bricks, golden retriever and a gold fence, and to top it off, I got a gold fish and I'm extra fresh, gold bond, got a golden eye like James Bond, give a gold star to my day ones, smoking great out in Golden State, like Golden Tate, gold play, no dirty dishes, young Willy Wonka, I'm the golden ticket, young Willy Wonka, I'm the golden ticket. Everything that glitters ain't gold But if it don't shine, does it have so? No Everything that glitters ain't gold But if it don't shine, does it have so? No Everything's dripping gold. Young Midas, everything I touch gets dripping gold. Mmm, I'm dripping gold. Mmm, I'm dripping gold. Thank you. 
Krypton Gold, when do we see it? When can we steal that? Uh, it's going to be streaming on all, all streaming platforms April 15th, and that's the first time I've given a hard date, but April 15th, we will uh, we'll be all good to go. Hey, Frank Skerlock has hijacked our whole page here now. What's up with that, Frank? How do you do that, even? I don't know. I just tried to minimize that. This is a bit of a learning curve. Frank, how did you do that? You've... <laughs> You've... What's Wait, I'm learning. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, somebody ran and knocked on my door and I opened it and apparently I got my stimulus a little bit early. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a hundred dollar bill with Donald Trump's face on it. Actually, it's, it's gold. But how did you take over our whole feed like that? <laughs> I don't know, but I just figured I, out how to put the kibosh good, on it. Good job. <laughs> It's, that's something we don't know. We're learning as we go here. Yes. Yeah, so all I did is go to my profile, and there's an area there that says share contents. Okay. And then my phone actually locked up when I went to go take the picture of the stimulus. And then it came back to life, and then I shared it with the group. Okay. Well, that's complicated. Frank, we've got a lot of questions to ask you, but I don't know if we have time today exactly. So we've seen two interesting things today on the show. So Asha smoke a cigarette and Blake doing the dishes. This normally we have to sit there and just get drunk during the show, but now there's a. I'm shocked that my kids didn't wake up from their nap and ruin everything. I'm broadcasting like a, from the living room. Look, this is the, yeah, this is my daughter's. Yeah, you guys left me and stuff. Unicorn sales over here. I thought this was the happy hour podcast. Yeah, that's right. No, no one's drunk or high hardly at all. I had a drink beforehand. If it helps, really. Hey, so, Linda, now that we're all trapped at home and we can all watch your movie, where do we see it? It's on Amazon? It's on Amazon and it is on Apple TV, which is iTunes, basically. Yeah. Can you give Same, us the name of that one more time? Same God. Same God. Awesome. And there's a artwork as a woman in a hijab, so you can't miss it. Awesome. It's got really, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's got great reviews. Do we have to pay for it or is it part of our Prime subscription? Uh, you have to pay for it right now. Yeah. I'm not sure when that changes. How but. do you get it on Netflix? How does that work? They are considering it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how that works. They have it. And I'm hoping maybe they pick it up since I think they need new content. <laughs> so, yeah, really. I'll I mean, watch I'm, The Tiger King, you know, we got to move on. Yeah. The Tiger King is a very <laughs> interesting sort of um, societal marker. Yeah. People, I don't understand the fascination with it. It seems like just after two, I watched two episodes. I'm like, I can't be bothered spending more time looking at these stupid people. I wish the tigers would just fucking eat them. <laughs> yeah. you think, I mean, who cares about those people? No, I had the same reaction. I, you know, I did a lot of, I, 
over the years, I did a lot of crime programming and I just don't find crime funny. Even, even like these people are, they're entertaining and they're, they're funny, but it's still like dead people. It's not funny to me. So I, I don't know. I had a, have a different response to it than some people have. Well, I, I don't know if it's even a crime. I, I'm not sure if keeping tigers is even criminal, is it? I think it's just the more the fascination that these people actually <laughs> exist among Yeah, they are freaks. I mean, they're, I guess if you've never been in the South before, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. But they're not that different from people you see wandering around here, really. <laughs> frankly. Yeah, it just gives you an inside look into what really goes on in their lives. So. Right. It's interesting that the guys. <laughs> one guy thinks he's like self-styled Bhagwan is with a whole bunch of wives and the other guys has got a bunch of guys. I mean, that's, yeah. you couldn't have scripted it any better than that, really. Nope. It is <laughs> awesome. But anyway, that's who you're up against, Linda. Yeah, I know. You're trying to do something worthy and interesting and insightful. And I don't have tigers. I can't help you're it. You're up against this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's only a flash in the pan. Okay, so Blake, before we get out of here, you got to you're the, you got to give us some sort of an indication from your perspective of what what do you think is going on? How long are we locked down for, and when is this going to all be over? In your opinion, uh, I've read a bunch of articles that the Atlantic's been putting out, which I think is probably some of the best reporting on how we got to this point and what the potential paths might be. And um, I think uh, when I try and look at it in a positive, optimistic light, that people will start getting cabin fever in about four weeks and want to get out of their house. And some people will start trickling out of town and some restaurants and bars will open. Other people will tell them to stop opening and that, you know, but people, some businesses will do it in desperation. I think that's going to help to not dampen the um, people who get infected and it's going to spread, continue to spread in the area, which is going to continue to hurt the news about New Orleans and Louisiana for specifically tourism. However, there could be a lot of people who want to travel and not go overseas and don't have the budget to do that. And the most exotic place to go is potentially New Orleans. The festivals are being pushed off for the fall. So it's going to be a mix of people need, needing to get outside, interact with our businesses, businesses needing to be open, um, everything being pushed the fall, but then the virus will flare up again in the fall. So you'll have both those smashing into each other. So I don't think anyone really knows, but it's definitely gonna be a very interesting next few months. But I think in the end, you're gonna see a lot of restaurants and bars closing, unfortunately. Um, I mean, permanently. Yeah, I don't think some people can sustain this. If you started in any way, you don't have a nest egg or you haven't built up enough credit with a bank to have a line of credit. There's just simply no way you can continue to sustain yourself unless you completely change your business model with something like delivery or pickup. Um, and you think that, things there's not going to be a single day when everybody somebody says okay we're back to normal it's going to slowly open people are going to be like opening a bar in the quarter or something first and then someone else will open a restaurant and it's going to slowly go that way i think there'll be an announcement in a few weeks to uh uh sort of release this mandated um shelter in place and some businesses will start to open i think people will start interacting going to businesses in a tepid way. But then um, I think New Orleans is going to be hurt pretty drastically for the next few years due to tourism, unless they expand testing by a hundredfold and we have enough of the 
community get, uh, building up immunity through either getting it and not knowing they had it or getting it and not being affected by it. Um, and then eventually that just becomes this collective experience, solid area that we all have and story that we'll tell for decades, similar to Katrina. Um, but what's gonna happen during Christmas? Are people gonna wanna flock in droves on Black Friday to the mall and stores? Right. Probably not. I think it's in the back of people's heads. There's gonna be a group of people in our population, probably a lot of us who are like, ah, I don't know. There's gonna be another part of our population who are like, fuck it, I don't care. And I didn't care when people were staying home and I don't care now. So I'm just going to go out and do my thing. And Tracy's will be packed. And <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Other bars, other bars will be closed and DBA will get purchased by city Torres and he'll turn into some shithole <laughs> restaurant or something. I don't know. It's, there's gonna be a lot of dark stuff going on. But my hope is that we all figure out, what the new normal is for New Orleans. One thing I think is really interesting is that when New Orleanians are grieving, it is our, it's our, it's like we're drawn to each other and second lines get together. And this is like this moment where we're having this Katrina that we can't leave town and we have to stay at home and we can't be near each other. And I think everyone in New Orleans just has no idea how to deal with what we're doing being with right now. I think it just doesn't compute. Just our brains don't understand. Yeah, this is the opposite of how we normally figure things out, which is get together and right and eat and eat and drink and work it out right. somehow. Okay, well, like I was hoping for an upbeat ending, but it didn't work out that way. Oh, I have an yeah. upbeat ending. Okay. No criminal jury trials in April, Christopher. Where's Christopher? Is he still there? Yes. No criminal jury trials in April. Got it. Well, well, that's as upbeat as we can get. I thought Blake would have some sort of galvanizing vision for a, a bright new future for New Orleans. All right, now I feel bad. Now I feel like I have the, to say something. No, it was interesting to hear that because... <laughs> I thought the answer was going to be like six weeks. But that was that was way more intense than that. For sure. <laughs> Guys, we have to get the hell out of here. And go back to whatever it is we weren't doing. There you go. So what All have right. we got to look forward to? Roto, we've got... Look, we've got your record, Dripped in Gold, coming out to look forward to. That's something. Yeah, so we got Dripped in Gold coming out April 15th. That's iTunes, titled Spotify. Anywhere you get your music, you can find Dripped in Gold. Okay, that would have been the tax day normally, but now that's pushed off until July. So thanks for joining us, Roto and Sergio. Nice to meet you, and thank you for the explanation of how blood becomes viscous. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for having us. Anytime, Grant. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll have you back. And uh, Amanda, we didn't get to you at all. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi. We're going to get out of here. You just popped in. How are you doing? Where are you calling from? New Orleans. You're in New Orleans? Somewhere? Where are you? What room are you in? Uh, this is my home office. I work from home normally. And now, of course, I'm still working from home. Working from home. Yeah. Okay. What do you do? <clears throat> uh, I'm a registered nurse care manager. I do telephonic case management. Telephonic case management. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would think you'd be pretty busy if you're a registered nurse about now. Very. It's really busy right now. Um, but I'm not nearly as busy as my co-workers who work in the hospital, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What are you hearing from your friends who are workers in the hospital? Mm, they are very, very overwhelmed and scared. Hmm. Well, this has turned out to be a pretty upbeat little show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that happy hour, but I don't see anybody drinking anything or 
And then I thought it was funny that it started at 3.30. <laughs> I was like, well, I have to wait at least till I get off work. Um, <laughs> I know you can start drinking at breakfast now, right? Graham, our producer, she well, says you can have a beer for breakfast. It's certainly socially acceptable. Oh, yeah. An hour before this started. Yeah. Yeah, all right. bets are off about when you can start drinking. Now, don't worry about that. <laughs> And that's yeah. one good thing about being trapped in your house all day. You're not like it's not like you're going to drive anywhere. So what the hell? Well, that's true. Public safety at its finest. Yeah, start <laughs> drinking early. Okay, so thank you for joining us, everybody. Who did I miss? It's so confusing some, now. Some people's dystopia is other people's utopia. Ah, Sergio, that is a beautiful way to end. Thank you very much. Some people's dystopia is another. And there's the title of the show right there. That's right it. there. It's gorgeous. Last time it was I, I can write that down. <laughs> Listen, two for two. Every time I'm on your show, we get the title. Last yeah, one was that's right. Last time we recorded a note from the universe. Sergio, did you make that up, or am I going to? Are we ripping anyone off, or did you make that up? No, I mean, I I guess I came up with that. It was the alcohol. It's like, it's like um, it extroverts apocalypse is introverts paradise. Now you're just ruining it. Now, now you. It was better before. You leave well enough alone. That was great, Linda Midget. There you are. Thank you so much for joining us, Linda. We're going to go watch this movie, Same God, on iTunes or whatever it's called now, Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah. What if you don't have Amazon. Apple TV? What if you don't have Apple anything? Amazon. 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 It's on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, it's on Amazon. All right. Very yeah. good. Okay, everybody. I think that's the whole thing, isn't it? Are we, Graham, are we good to go here? Sorry about the dog. Yeah, good nice to, go. to meet you guys. Yes. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. Yeah. It's been thanks, great everyone. to see you. Thank you, too, to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And Andrew Duhon couldn't be here today because he's doing another live stream somewhere else for the Jazz and Heritage Foundation. Okay. And if you want to check out Andrew's stuff, go to patreon.com and search for Andrew Duhon and uh, see what he's up to. And you can also search for us. It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1, you can be a member of our Patreon family on Happy Hour as well. I guess that's about it for the whole show. Thank you so much for being here. And if all things being equal, well, I guess we'll still be locked in our houses by this time next week and we'll, we'll be back here. The producer of our show is Graham DuPonte. Our music producer is Monique Pyle. Christian Unner is our music consultant. Our technical director is Thomas Walsh. Asher Griffith is our Facebook live feed director who today is just smoking cigarettes. Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew Searock. Searock, our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can um, drink alcohol for about an hour or starting at breakfast while sitting at home, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. You can also find out many other happy hours that we recorded previously when people were allowed to congregate in the bars, as well as other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Aschuti, which used to be recorded live at Commander's Palace. Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker and our award-winning podcast about death, never more timely than Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la and you can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media between shows like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find those links on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can find photos from this show, believe it or not, on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Happy Hour Facebook page. These photos are taken today by Jill LaFleur and you can find more of those photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, Thank you for subscribing to us. If your podcast has a share function, try telling a couple of friends about Happy Hour. Happy Hour is a production of Planet Podcasting. Well, it's New Orleans.com. Andrew Hunt is going to be back here next week along 
with the rest of us. So from all our happy hour crew, we're in our own houses here. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Lawrence. We'll see you back here next week. Here on Blue Time, please stay home and stay safe.